Hello and welcome to Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. Today's podcast is an interview with Trinity member Hillary, who's 58 and works full-time as a consultant for the NHS. Over the past five years or so, Hillary's really struggled with debilitating menopause symptoms on top of crazy work hours around the pandemic, where she was effectively doing her day job on top of helping run vaccination centres outside of that. Her weight spiralled out of control, her clothes were no longer fitting, and she only had one work outfit she could wear anymore. And it's not for a lack of trying. She'd tried the Fast 800 diet, she'd tried Noom and Second Life, but none of them worked for her and her energy and confidence were at an all-time low. And she was wondering if this was it, all just part of being a menopausal woman and getting older, when she then came across a post from Trinity, or about Trinity, I should say, on LinkedIn at the end of 2022. Since starting Trinity, at the end of January in 2023, Hillary's lost over 39 pounds over the last eight months, so just under three stone. She's back in her favourite clothes and looking forward to going on a five-week cruise in November, being able to wear anything she likes and feeling great. However, it wasn't all plain sailing. Hillary still had long hours at work to contend with, back-to-back meetings all day, and some challenging illnesses to contend with along the way. She's also a vegetarian and has celiac disease, but she's still been able to make some incredible changes in spite of all of that. So in today's episode, Hillary reveals how she was able to achieve all of that and more it's a great interview, so sit back and relax, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm here today with Trinity member Hillary. So Hillary, I know you've seen some phenomenal results this year, so you lost over 39 pounds, just under three stone, despite working what sounds like a very busy job. But first, I kind of want to rewind a little bit and find out a bit more about you. So a bit more about the context of where you were before you started. So I'm gonna go straight in with the blind date question, as I like to call it. So if someone said to you like, Hillary, who are you? Where'd you come from? what do you do? What would you say to that? So I'm 58. I am a director working in the NHS, which I've worked for for all, all of my working career. And I'm also a vegetarian and I suffer from celiac disease. So those have both complicated my relationship with food. Um, during the pandemic, I continued to work actively within the NHS and was involved in the vaccination programme. So effectively, I was doing two jobs for two years, working very long hours. And on top of that, I was going through the menopause at the time, which meant I had probably not had a decent night's sleep for about four years. Um, I was unhappy, I was overweight, I was lethargic, my knees hurt, and things couldn't continue like that for much longer. Um, I was avoiding family events because I didn't want people to see me in that state. And uh, I probably was down to one set of work clothes that I could actually fit into. So it, it was time to do something about it. And I happened to see a LinkedIn post relating to Trinity. That's really interesting. I don't often hear about LinkedIn. We've tried to, to reach people on LinkedIn, but it's, it's difficult. So you saw the LinkedIn post and when was this? Was this the end of last year? This would have been last autumn. Okay, got it. So I, I followed. Oh yeah, sorry, go for it. 
I followed that link and yeah. read some of the testimonials and then made contact. And I think we had a conversation, you're saying we were, we were in um, the end of last year, so it was December time, is that right? Yeah, so uh, I'd made a decision, I think it was early December, to go down this route. Uh, then I got COVID, so I didn't actually start on the programme until the middle of January. And had you tried anything before this? You, I think you said before we started, you've been kind of, this was a decline for about five years with challenges with your hormones, you know, gaining weight, losing confidence. Had you tried anything throughout that period of five years to try and shift the weight or feel better? Yeah, I had tried the fast 800 diet, which was actually quite effective. That was probably about five or six years ago, but it wasn't yeah. sustainable. Um, you can't live on 800 calories forever. No. Uh, so it, it resulted in weight loss, but as soon as you went back to eating normally, that stopped. More recently, I'd tried Noom, I'd tried Second Nature, neither of which had really had any impact. Um, I didn't particularly like the American-style evangelism of, of those programs. Yeah. It's quite a common thing in this industry, I think. We hear that quite a lot from, from members. And then American style workouts as well is another thing that kind of puts people off, I think, like really gung-ho. So you tried those and obviously the Fast 800, you got some quick results, but it wasn't sustainable. The other ones didn't really work quite so well. What was your mindset like at this point then? Were you, so, did you feel like maybe this is just it? Yeah, I, w I was getting to the point of, well, you know, this is just what being menopause, a menopausal woman is going to be like. I'm going to be heavier than I've ever been. I'm going to be slow and lethargic. Um, and that's now what I have to look forward to for the next 30 or 40 years. Yeah, that's not a nice prospect, right? No. So let's go into what's changed then. Um, but before we get into that, so you've tried different things. You obviously saw a post on LinkedIn. Um, I'm guessing you then had a phone call with us, what you will have done, because that's how it always works. What were you skeptical about before you actually joined? Because obviously you've seen amazing results now, but you didn't quite know what was going to happen at that point. Yeah, so, so I looked at uh, your website, um, looked at a number of the testimonials, researched um, on the internet, internet to see whether there were any reviews and I suppose my mindset was could it really be as good as everything seemed to be suggesting um also recognized that it was an expensive option yeah um so I signed up initially for 12 months uh, sorry 12 weeks yeah I signed up initially for 12 weeks um and decided right well this is this is it i've paid paid out what is a large amount of money i've got to make it work and within that first month i lost six pounds and by the end of that first 12 weeks i've lost 16 pounds and um it was working and it wasn't just about weight loss it was about thinking differently the thing that I like about this program is that it's it's holistic. It's not just about weight. It can be just about weight if that's all you want it to be. 
but it has led me to make changes to my lifestyle as well. Um, I'm, I, prior to the beginning of this year, it was typical for me to be working 12 to 14 hours a day, to be working every weekend, um, leaving the office eight o'clock and then having an hour's drive to get home, eating extremely late and just falling into bed. Now I am moving towards, I'm not there yet, but I'm moving towards leaving the office around about six o'clock each evening. Um, I've used the coaching calls on a Tuesday evening as the excuse to, to start that. Nice. I make sure I'm in the car by six o'clock for the coaching call and then I'll do a workout when I get home. Um, so it's led to other changes to the way that I'm working and a better work-life balance than I had. I haven't done any work at the weekends now for weeks, if not months. That's amazing. I love to hear those details because I think a lot of people feel like, oh, it's just about exercising more and eating less. But it's, as you said, it's a holistic thing generally. And most of the people we work with are, you know, it's really hard working. They've done really well in their career. Um, but you, you can't go on like that forever. I don't think it doesn't seem to be sustainable. Yeah. So do you think that was exacerbating the struggles and the symptoms and the, you know, the things you Absolutely. I've, I've been a workaholic for years um, and everything came together into a perfect storm in 2022, trying to effectively do two jobs, working seven days a week, 14 hours a day through the pandemic with all of the anxiety and stress that that caused. Once I joined your program and started learning about the impact of cortisol and leptin and dialing, um, things suddenly made sense. Yeah, I bet you were running, you know, on adrenaline and cortisol, high stress, and yeah. you said lack of sleep, yeah. which obviously then affects those sleep hormone, uh, the hunger hormones. So you were probably starving, craving, crate all you know, all over the place. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it was all the typical things craving sweet food, um, not eating properly balanced meals because I'd get to the end of the day, I'd stop for petrol, I'd pick up a couple of chocolate bars and a bag of crisps, and then I'd just drop into bed the minute I get home because I'd eaten those on the way home. And it's really interesting, I think, you then, you kind of, it's almost like a vicious cycle of more and more tired, you know, cravings are worse and worse, you're making worse food choices because you've got no no energy to make any better choices and you're fighting these cravings. So how did you feel? So the, one of the first things we do just for context, if anyone's listening, is something called the diet makeover, right? Which is two weeks where we cut out the WADS foods, wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar. These are four food groups we see are most problematic um, for a lot of reasons, but especially around menopause. Um, so how was the making that change for you and how did you feel throughout that? Um I didn't find it too difficult. I, I'm not a heavy drinker. I don't actually like alcohol, so that wasn't too much of a challenge. And I haven't eaten anything with wheat in for the last 15 years. Being I guess it's a celiac, yeah, that's not so significant. Yeah, so that wasn't so significant. And, and actually, um, the 
the gluten-free foods that you can purchase are stuffed full of sugar and fats to make them yeah. palatable. So that that was a good loss. Um, my biggest challenge was the dairy because being vegetarian, I very much relied on cheese as my source of protein. And what I've also learned is that my protein intake was wholly inadequate. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I have found is that if I, if, if my weight loss starts to stagnate by upping the protein, upping fluids and increasing uh, steps, it triggers a, another further decrease. Yeah, there's three things that are really underrated, I think, that we often look at, as you know. But I think a lot of people, I don't know what your perception was. Did you have any perception of protein before you started the program? Did you did you realise how much you might have needed? I was probably only taking in maybe 20 grams of protein a day. Wow. Which was a tiny amount. Um, yeah. Not surprising my body wasn't working properly. <laughs> Um, and I had always felt, because I've been a vegetarian pretty much lifelong, that the cheese and the eggs that I did eat were probably adequate, but they clearly weren't. And that was complicated by the fact that many of the protein substitutes, the, the corn products and things like that, are not gluten-free. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, and I think a lot of vegetarians kind of just say, oh. I, you know, I just can't worry about protein or um yeah. or they're not aware of it as well it's obviously <clears throat> it's more common to be lower in protein but to be honest even with a lot of the people we work with who do eat meat and fish they're also chronically low in protein um so you've obviously now figured out how to get more in for anyone who's listening who's a vegetarian like where are your protein sources coming from now so I use a protein powder. I'll have a, a smoothie each morning. Um, still cheese, but less than I would have eaten. And I now go for the low, low fat cheeses. Still eggs, but I have to be careful with those because they tend to have other other effects. Yeah. Um, really. Yeah, but they can cause constipation. Um, more more lentils. More beans than I would have eaten previously, quinoa. Um, and Laura, my coach, as a fellow vegetarian, has been really helpful. Yeah, I think that's a good pairing, right? Because she obviously has the same yeah. challenges. Yeah. So that's really good to hear, you know. And I think it's important to point out you're still having some dairy, which there's nothing wrong with. I think people hear about this diet makeover process, and even some people join the program and go, oh, God, I don't. I say this is two weeks, but then we can reintroduce some of this stuff. But people really panic that, oh, I've got to cut up food even for two weeks. That's too restrictive. But I think you can learn a lot about your body doing that. And then some people, like I don't deal very well with dairy, so I keep it to a minimum, but I'm fine with wheat. Other people, like yourself, perhaps the other way around. Um, so you don't have to cut it out forever. And dairy is a good source of protein for vegetarians if you tolerate it okay. So I just wanted to put that in there as a caveat that like it's not, you have to cut it out forever. Alcohol and sugar, we want to always moderate. Um, it sounds like for you, alcohol wasn't really an issue, but perhaps the sugar was becoming an issue when you're running on empty for so long. Yeah. So did you get any withdrawals from cutting the sugar out? Some people get like headaches and things. I didn't get any withdrawal symptoms at all during that first two weeks, and I haven't had any since. But yeah, sugar was what 
was my go-to source of energy when I needed a pickup yeah. prior to this. Um, I'm eating a lot less sugar now. I still like sweet things. I still have sweet tooth, and that will be the occasional treat. Um, but I, I haven't had any any cravings for sugar or chocolate bars or anything of that kind that I used to have. That's a really good point. I think we, we really want it to be like, I'm deliberately going, I'm having this as a treat because I want it as a treat, not I'm driven by cravings to these things. And the more you have, the more you want. So how, how is it, so you've made a lot of changes. You've obviously now lost nearly three stone. Like how is this impacting other areas of your life? Like is it perhaps work, family life? Is it having an impact on other things? Well, the other aspect of my life that I've changed is that I've started taking HRT. So in combination, I'm sleeping better, I'm eating better, I'm not burning the candle at both ends, I'm working more sensibly. And life is a lot better, just generally, both in terms of work and home life. Can you give any specific examples? Like, is it, you got more energy for work? Like... I know you've obviously got better balance, but are you performing differently at work? I am thinking straight now, and that I put right. down to the HRT. Yeah, I was very much good. suffering from brain fog and um, lack of concentration prior to starting that. Yeah. Um, I've got more energy, although I still get tired, um, particularly when I have a slip up with my gluten free diet. That can be a, right. um, a, a real a really unpleasant situation um but yeah life is just happier and i know you've got um you've got a goal so we talked about it just before we started and it's in your notes to the overall goal was somewhere around three and a half stone so you're nearly there now and after eight eight months um but also to get back into your posh frocks and ball gowns for november so you've got a holiday in november is that right yeah, we're going on a, a month's cruise in November, which um, always has a number of gala evenings. And I had a wardrobe full of nice dresses, which I could no longer get into. And rather than go out and spend money on a whole load of large size nice dresses, I decided to invest it in Trinity instead and get back into the dresses that I've already got. So, yeah, there's a, a hard deadline of mid-November uh, for getting back into those. But I approach the whole journey by dividing it into smaller milestones rather than just aiming at that longer-term goal. Yeah, I saw from Laura's notes you've got, you know, it's only a short time to the next milestone. And then it's, I think this is a great, um, I guess it's a mindset and a, st a strategy as well that I also encourage with people. So you go, okay well, here's my next milestone and it doesn't seem so far away because three and a half stone you know, can seem massive and overwhelming. And then, yeah, it doesn't seem so big either. So what, what kind of milestones have you got? What's your next milestone that you're aiming for? My next milestone is two and a half pounds away. So I, I started at 186 pounds. I'm aiming at 140. I divided it basically into fives. Yeah. Roughly five pounds a month was the milestones. Yeah, that's a really good strategy. So then hopefully you can tick things off, which I think we all like to do much quicker and you get some wins rather than it seeming like you said, it's just this eternally long thing. And have you had any challenges throughout that? So you obviously had COVID before you started. Have you had anything like illness or injury throughout that journey? 
when you had the setbacks? Yeah, I had a really nasty bout of gastroenteritis in May. Had the added benefit of helping me lose some pounds, but once that initial um, effect had, had worn off, I then had a period of probably two or three weeks when I didn't really lose anything more. And again, Laura was really helpful in helping me understand that your body needs time to recover when you've been unwell and that things may may stall for a while, but just keep keep doing what you're doing and it will recover. And there have been other other small plateaus throughout the journey. And I, I think it, it's important to look at the overall trend rather than concentrating on the underlying data points. My weight fluctuates within a week by a couple of pounds based on you know fluid intake, salt intake, um, how hot the weather is, levels of dehydration. And you could get very much hung up on those individual changes and see them as as disasters that you've gone back by a pound but actually if the overlying trend remains downwards that's good yeah and i think dieting culture doesn't help with that like a lot of like slimming clubs and things is celebrated if you lose weight every week and if you don't you kind of almost made to feel bad and as you said it's not realistic like sometimes your weight is just not going to go down even if you do everything right it just doesn't and that's especially for females and around menopause there's so many different things going on you can be losing fat but the scales haven't quite caught up yet so as you said you've got to look at the longer term um and do you use any any apps because i know there's some good apps out there do you use any apps like happy scale or libra to, to manage that yeah i'm using the happy scale app to record weight measurement and and that seems to be fairly true to its predictions um, I'm also using the Strong app to record workouts so that I can see progress and challenge myself. I can see what weights I used last time and how many reps I did last time. And I'll try and challenge myself by doing a few more reps or moving up a, a weight. So that's quite good as well. You preempted what I was going to ask next. So we obviously talked about loss a lot in terms of weight. But we a big focus of what we do is obviously trying to build strength through the low impact strength training because a lot of people again as they get older they lose strength and it affects things like posture, it affects things like mobility, it affects things like how toned you feel. So what's changed in terms of strength and muscle and things like that for you? Yeah, I definitely feel stronger. At the beginning, um there were particular weights recommended to buy which i went out and bought and found i really couldn't do those so i had no. to go out again and buy some smaller weights um but i'm now past those recommended weights i i've had to buy heavier ones and my husband is is uh, not going to arm wrestle with me <laughs> <laughs> i love that i hear so many stories as well of like postmen postwoman bringing the package you should start to get around thinking saying, oh, this is a, something, must be something for your husband or wait for your husband. And the person, the, you know, the client goes, no, no, that's for me and takes it off them. And the postman's struggling with it and they just grab it. <laughs> so I, I really love those stories because so many people do start and go, oh, I'm never going to lift those weights. So we recommend a four and an eight and a 12 kilo kettlebell. And yes, the 12 is probably too much for quite a lot of people at the start. But actually, people get onto it quicker than they think once once you've learned the movements and built the confidence, which is obviously at the beginning. So 
what are you lifting now compared to what you're lifting at the start? Maybe pick a movement like a deadlift or a squat and go through what you're So doing. I'm now deadlifting 40 pounds. You're confusing me now. I think it's 18 kilos. Okay, yeah. 18 kilos. So okay. it's not it's it's not huge, but it's increased slowly over the eight months and it will continue to increase. I probably need to now go and buy something heavier than the 18 kilo. And what did you start deadlifting? Uh, probably four kilos. I mean, that's a huge increase, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm still using those smaller weights because I find, because I've had shoulder injuries before, I'm quite cautious about my shoulders. I don't want to have to have surgery on it a second time. Um, so I, I, I'm not using heavy weights for shoulder work, but for deadlifts, definitely it has increased and I'm much more toned than I was. And that's been reflected in the measurements. Not all of the improvements in the measurements will be down to weight loss. No, definitely. It's body composition is really what we're trying to achieve a change in. And sometimes people are surprised how different they feel then even though their weight hasn't changed as much as maybe on some sort of extreme diet um but that muscle you're building obviously has to weigh something and it's, it's not going to be five kilos but it might be a couple of kilos of muscle after a year um that you will have built back which will make you firm and tone it's very small so you've obviously mentioned laura a few times so laura's your coach right and we always assign everyone to a coach um what would you say that element of the program has been like for you like having a coach that you're, you're working with one-to-one -one throughout the whole thing has that been a key thing do you think for to the results yeah it's been absolutely essential just having that 15 minutes of time that is about me once a week i can talk to her about anything she will bend over backwards to find out information for me um she's come back to me with suggestions. If I've said that I'm going to be on the road a lot for a particular week, she's come back with suggestions for things that I could buy uh, to eat while I'm in, while I'm traveling, because otherwise we're all attracted to Costa and Starbucks and they're yeah. not so healthy options. Um, and just the general encouragement. So when it hasn't been as good a week and the weight loss has been less than I'd like it to have been or I'm behind on my own trajectories, the encouragement, things will change and she'll make small tweaks here and there, suggest things that I do slightly differently. It's been absolutely invaluable. Trying to do a programme like this on your own without that, I don't think it would work anywhere near as well. No, so I think that accountability is often like... Wouldn't say people necessarily always know what to do, but just even if you get told what to do, doing it on your own is hard, right? Especially if you're as busy as you are at work and you know you don't have necessarily the headspace to figure all of this stuff out. And has you mentioned travel, it's something a lot of clients we work with have to do from time to time is travel for work. Have you kept up exercising whilst traveling? Have you just tried to keep steps up? Like what's your strategy been for travel in terms of activity? I've only had a few nights away uh, since I started, but you've got the travel, travel, you have the travel workouts using the resistance band, and I have done those. Excellent. I haven't yeah. started filling the car with kettlebells. <laughs> with kettlebells, yeah. And that's, that's the point of those travel workouts, right? They're, 
most of the time people don't need to pack a load of weights to go go away the resistance band weighs almost nothing and packs up really really small so you can always do something no matter where you are and that consistency i think helps that when you come back you kind of don't feel like you've gone off course you also mentioned earlier you've done you kind of increased steps so is that something you were aware i think a lot of people have this like ten thousand steps a day number that they have to achieve there was a news article recently that said oh maybe five is still a good improvement but are you aiming for a particular amount per day or are you just trying to get in more than you were before i'm like, how's that i'm trying to get in more than i was before um i i resurrected my fitbit at the beginning of this journey and discovered that on a typical day um i was probably doing between 1500 and 2000 steps a day which is next to nothing and that is partly because post pandemic and during the pandemic we're all sat in front of meetings at our computer all day and you literally go from one meeting on to the next when those meetings were face to face you at least had the opportunity to move between meeting rooms you're not even yeah. doing that now so i made the conscious decision i think it was in about march time because the weather was still quite poor at that time to get out and do a short walk each lunchtime and i still try and do that at least three times a week ideally every day um there's not a particularly in, there's not a particularly nice walk around where I'm based, but at least I can walk around the local housing estate. And that has pushed my steps up to probably over 6,000 each day. And it's, it sounds like a minor change, right? But that's, that's significant in terms of calorie burn, impact on your metabolism. So though I love how you said it is just trying to do more than I was, because I think so many people go, oh, 10,000 again, it's, it's like that three and a half stone goal. It's just too much. And it, it, it's, it's just a, it's like the five a day. It's a number that's pulled out research and then been changed. And then been, you know, people go, oh, maybe that's too much. So it's, it's an arbitrary number. And instead you're just going, I'm trying to get up from 1500 to 2000, which is obviously very, very low to then six, which is more than double. And has that felt more achievable has it helped in any other way as well that my extra movement yeah the extra movement um ha has helped my my mental approach as well having that it's probably 20 to 30 minutes each each lunch time away from my desk away from the office outside in the fresh air um has been enormously beneficial and I'll also use some of that time to do a, a walking meditation. Oh, really? So I don't have the time in the morning to necessarily fit in a meditation. I did used to do mindfulness practice before this journey started, but that had fallen by the wayside. Um, and if I can combine increasing my steps and doing a, a, a mindfulness practice at the same time, that's two for the price of one yeah and again when you're busy you've got to do stuff like this so you can't try and be perfect and say i'm going to sit in a lotus position and meditate and then i'm going to walk for two hours i think a lot of the time people put so much pressure on themselves especially the people we work with to to do all these things perfectly on top of like career family all of this stuff when actually just a little bit of something can make a big difference so i know you you're obviously really busy you're in these meetings back to back all 
all, all the day most days which i think as you said it's a really unhealthy development from covid there's uh I, I also find it's just tiring like staring at a screen versus seeing people in real life is a different a different feeling to it i don't know why i think maybe it's just because you're staring at a screen um so you've made loads and loads of amazing changes where you said you've got this goal in november where do you think you want to go after that are you going to look to maintain that after that or do you think you want a little bit more now yeah i definitely want to maintain it when we come back from holiday and probably having been away on a cruise ship for five weeks um i'll have some pounds that i will have gained that will need to be lost as well but also i think one of the challenges is setting an arbitrary goal you don't necessarily um, know whether that's the right number i picked a number out of thin air i wanted to get down to 10 stone um, actually now that i'm getting closer to that i think i probably want to, to lose a bit more than that um, but realistically that's not going to happen until after that big holiday so yeah i will be continuing to do what i'm currently doing when i come back and continuing once I reach that goal with the same approach in order to maintain it because I don't want to see it all all going back on again. It's been a hard journey. It's been a lot of hard work over the last eight months. I don't want to have to repeat that again in a few years' time. Yeah, and we'll obviously support you. As you know, we've got the reverse dieting phase, the maintaining phase, so we'll build you back up to a point where it's much easier to maintain um, but you don't sound too worried, which is which is a good sign, right? That after after the cruise, maybe you will gain a couple of pounds, a few pounds. I'm always saying to people that we you you've got this fight. We know how to how to lose it as well. Um, hopefully, you'll carry on some of the habits on the cruise, but obviously, you want you to enjoy yourself. Yeah. You may gain a few pounds, so you're not particularly worried about losing it again afterwards, which is good. Because <laughs> you've got you is that you no, I... support? Is it because you know the process? What do you think? Yeah. What do you think helps? I, I think it's. I think it's both of those things. I now know the process. Um, I know that it's not a disaster if a few pounds go back on, but some of that will be water weight. Some of that will be around flying. Some of it will be additional intake. Some of it will be less activity. Although actually while we're on holiday, we'll probably do more than 6,000 steps a day. And there is a gym on the ship, so I shall be visiting that. Um, but it's having the confidence to know how to deal with it. And the program has given that confidence. I now have the tools that I didn't have before. Fast 800 had an impact, but I had no knowledge about what was underlying it and how to maintain it. So last question then for you. What would you say to someone who's in your position beforehand, maybe struggling with menopause symptoms, struggling with weight gain? What would you say to someone who's thinking about joining, but maybe sat on the fence? Just get on and do it. Don't prevaricate like I did for a while. Um, in, in terms of all aspects of your life, look at what the testimonials suggest um, and, and get on and do it. It's the best thing I've done. Awesome. Well, Hilary, thank you so much. I know, as I said, you're really busy. So thank you so much for making the time. Um, I'm going to let you get going now. Um, but start, again, thanks for sharing your story. It's been really, really interesting to hear and loads of useful nuggets in there for anyone listening as well who wants to do this on their own. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing your results in the next few months. So keep up the amazing work and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again uh, to hear how you get on 
once you have been on that cruise, you enjoyed that experience and then push towards the, whatever the next goal is. Thank you. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.